You're listening to the Portrait System Podcast. If you go to a store and try 10 dresses, maybe you can buy, but you're not going to buy all the dresses. So it's okay. The girl that is selling the dresses, she's not going to be crying because you didn't buy all the dresses. Same thing for us. Like, if somebody said, no, you're too expensive, it's okay. Somebody will say yes, and somebody will hire you. Maybe you just need to keep going. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Today's guest is Jerson Lopez and... At one point, I think I even forgot that we were doing a podcast because it felt more like we were just like chatting and hanging out because Jerson is just so easy to talk to. And he really did share quite a bit throughout this whole episode. Jerson is just one of the most respectable, thoughtful, kind guys I've ever met. And he has really made an amazing life for himself here in the States after moving here from Brazil. So we end up talking all about what it's like for him to be Sue's assistant, the fun parts and the harder parts. And we also chat about just him moving to LA where he was starting completely over with his photography career after quitting his job as a music teacher. Jerson is one of those people who you just cheer on to become successful because he truly deserves it, and I'm so proud of him. So here he is, Jerson Lopez. Hi, Jerson. Thank you for being here with me today. Hello, hello. My pleasure. I'm just really excited to talk to you. I love talking with you and hanging out with you in person. Me too. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But now I'm excited that you get to talk to everybody and just tell your story. Yes. Let's talk. Just a disclaimer out there. So Jerson is currently and has been for a couple of years now Sue Bryce's assistant. And if you listen to the podcast, then you know that Sue Bryce education is a huge part of this whole podcast. And most of the guests that you'll hear have participated in her education. So we're going to talk a little bit later in the show just about what it's like to be Sue's assistant, whether or not that has helped Jerson's business and just what she's like to work for and all that. But before we get into that part of it, I'm wondering if we can just start from the beginning, because you just have like such a cool story and just... Ooh, it's a long story. (laughs) (laughs) But the things that you've done in your life and just how accomplished you are in other areas is, it's really, really impressive and amazing. So I'm wondering if you can start back, like, you know, what you went to college for and just take us up to where you're at now. I'm from Brazil. So it's been about 15 years now that I'm in the United States, that I moved to the United States. I first came to the United States with a scholarship, full tuition scholarship to study music. And that's how everything started. I came, got a degree, and started working and stayed longer. But my first education was music. I'm a classical pianist, and I was teaching music, like teaching voice and and piano for full-time for few years before I started to go deep into photography. Okay, so Sue kind of warned me that you were going to be really humble, because <laughs> that's how we know how you're extremely a very humble uh. humble person. So I'm just going to expand on that a little bit. <laughs> so Jerson is an incredibly talented classical musician, like unbelievably talented. Oh, thank you. And he just has this way of playing music that is is so beautiful. And one of the things Sue shared with me is that 
you used to get up at four o'clock every morning to work at Starbucks and to do voice lessons and then played piano at night. Yeah. Right? Yeah, because I, I was working at Starbucks in the morning, like opening the store. I was one of, uh, I became one of the supervisors there. <laughs> yeah. And then I would work during the first part of the morning, then go home, exercise, go to the gym, lunch, and then teach music from the whole afternoon until the evening. And then at night, I would study photography, like online photography. Yeah. So one of the reasons I wanted to bring all that up is is you are very, very driven, I remember having this conversation with you, actually, back when you were learning music, that you're oh, incredibly yeah. driven. And I know that you're in, you have been incredibly driven to have a successful business as well. So I just wanted to just make sure everyone knew, like, you are just such a hard worker and such a, just a hustler, you know? Uh, thank you. Thank you. Okay. So what made you decide to study photography when you had, you know, music already what was what was going on yeah i know it's funny because when i was younger like when i was a teenager i always drew my friends faces and like sometimes even during like mm. in school high school i was drawing my teacher's face and making you know passing the paper and making jokes been drawing people <laughs> and i loved that and yeah for some reason Photography was always in the back of my mind. And I remember when I was a little kid, my father used to have a camera. I don't know if they exist anymore, like Pentax. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he used to have that camera and would always do like a family portrait every year, blah, blah, blah. And we were like, I grew up seeing portraits. And I remember like, for example, even going to my grandma's house, she still has this painting in her wall. It's like... Everybody from her family, she and her husband, my grandfather, and their kids. But everybody was painted. And I was like, wow, everybody looks so good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> of course, because they were painted. So the, <laughs> <laughs> the artists wouldn't highlight the wrinkles or, you know, the extra stuff that we don't really like. And I was like, I would love to learn how to paint or draw, right? And make people look to enhance whatever they have, for example. Let's say like that. Right, sure. And then that's how I felt about photography when I started seeing that I could do that on Photoshop. When I first saw, for example, I remember seeing Sue's website when she was still in Australia. I have no idea how long ago that was. <laughs> yeah, I think like 2008 or 10. Yeah, 2010 maybe. When she had that before and after gallery. Right. Oh, you know what? Actually, maybe it was like 2000 because she moved to Seattle 2013. So it might have even been later than that. Yeah. So I remember seeing that and I was like, oh, my gosh, this lady is doing exactly what I want to do. And I want to learn how to do the before and after because it's so beautiful the way that she presented the person and then she enhanced the person. Yeah. And doing photography and work Photoshop. So... What happened is I was full-time musician, studying music and everything. But in my in the back of my head, I was always thinking about photography. I was photographing, starting to photograph friends and college and family. And in 2009, I got a camera as a Christmas gift. So I was like, okay, now I really need to learn because this camera is semi-professional. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Nikon, but not the, the top 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 ones it was like the beginning semi-professional kind of and I was like okay this camera is not a little toy I need to learn how to use so I went to YouTube start searching like 
everybody that I could find. And eventually, of course, Creative Live came to my screen <laughs> and I saw Sue and I was like, oh, that lady again. And she's teaching <laughs> exactly what I want to do. So first, I didn't have enough money to buy her course. So I, I was like on YouTube the whole time on YouTube, whatever she would post, I would watch. I went, And then I started seeing on Facebook that she had a group and everything. And I finally decided to buy the 28 Days. Mm-hmm. And that changed my life. Yeah. That's when I first started to get like all the details of how to do things and how to set up a studio, how to do Photoshop. And oh my gosh, I remember... <laughs> hours and hours trying to learn Photoshop. Gosh. Oh, it's so hard. I remember feeling the same. I was yes. I still I'm still not that great. I mean I, I have the essentials down for sure, but there's so much to it. <laughs> now I now I can do Photoshop. Like whatever you ask me, I can do, but it, it's being a journey. <laughs> yeah. And on top of it, I mean obviously English is not your first language. So you're trying to learn all of this you know, not in your native language. Although I do have to say, I remember you saying in the past that you felt, well, even when we talked about, I was like saying I wanted to interview you for the podcast, you were a little bit nervous, like, oh, but my English is, mm-hmm. I, and, and I always, I just, it blows me away. And I'm so humbled because I'm only, you know, I know one language and like a tiny bit of Spanish. And here you are, what you, you speak, what, five languages or something? No, I don't. <laughs> Maybe okay, I'm exaggerating so a little bit. I can kind of understand. <laughs> I wish I would. <laughs> it's just because they're similar. So if you know Portuguese, you would understand Spanish. And you can kind of help yourself in Italian. Because they're kind of, they have the same base, I guess. I don't know how to explain. The romantic languages. Right, right. I wish I could know French too. Because I love French. But I cannot understand anything about it. Well, okay. But my point is, is that you are trilingual at least. <laughs> and... And every time someone worries that English not being their first language is like a detriment or something, it just blows my mind because everyone that I know wishes they spoke more than one language. So I hope that you won't ever use that, you know, feel embarrassed about that or shame about that because I look at it like, and I think most of us look at it as just an incredible skill and talent. And Uh, so anyway, just that was just a total side note. Yeah, but on that note, you were right because I feel like because I've thought that I I should have my English like perfected. I was kind of like slowing myself down mm-hmm. in terms of talking about my photography to other people. I remember even like whenever people would ask me like, oh, so you photograph, do you do this, do that? Or how much you charge? I would always try to avoid just because I was like, oh my gosh, if I need to photograph them, I don't know how to explain what I needed, wanted. And I, I'm going to get nervous and my English is going to disappear. <laughs> like, it's just a mindset. I don't know why. I have no idea why. Yeah. Well, I hope that that's, it's getting easier and that you're able to, you know, yeah, you feel better. Yeah, now I have no shame. Okay, good. <laughs> and I, in fact, now I tell people like, okay, it's not my first language. So just if I say something wrong, just correct me. I, I want to learn, and but I'm not mm-hmm. embarrassed of trying to communicate. Yeah. Okay. So here you are learning Photoshop, learning, you know, watching YouTube. And you said at this point you couldn't even afford it was like a couple hundred bucks or something back then for a course. Yeah. So I didn't buy all of her courses. I only bought 28 days, right? Because she had Mm -hmm. uh, different classes there. And then I started practicing and I was renting two rooms actually inside of somebody's house, a couple that I knew in 
Charlotte, North Carolina. So I decided to do my little, it was like my bedroom, bathroom, and kind of like a kitchen, living room, slash storage kind of. Mm -hmm. So I decided that room would be my studio, okay? Had one window, and honestly, is basically like a little bit bigger than a walk-in closet with a refrigerator, microwave, <laughs> and a table. But I was like, Sue said that everything, you, if you want, you can make it happen. You can do it. Find a way. Mm -hmm. So I went to Home Depot, but uh, that time I had no cameras, stores around me. So mm -hmm. I went to Home Depot and bought the, the poly boards. The, um, or foam core? Foam core, yes, yes. And then I painted white and black. And then I started going to Goodwill and bought like fabrics, different props and wood boxes and like I would go to Goodwill almost every week of my <laughs> like trying to find cheap things that I could use and to photograph and to make the photos a little bit more interesting and I during that time I was still at Starbucks working at Starbucks and teaching music mm -hmm. like the whole afternoon every day wow. until Monday to Saturday so it was cool because it really made me understand what I had to do like what parts I needed to make it better. And for me, I had to develop my Photoshop skills <laughs> because I didn't have a lot of my studio, <laughs> my quote studio, wasn't uh, the best <laughs> studio because my window wasn't big and it wasn't like low window. So, and I would only have a very small period of time of good light because I also had like, trees close to the windows <laughs> blocking the light uh, right. yeah so it was like it was really a uh, university in my room <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it was cool because it helped me a lot so I started photographing like friends and asking people to pose like because I was at Starbucks I was meeting so many people and whenever I would see somebody that I felt like okay maybe I can photograph this person and if they were friendly enough, I would talk and convince them. <laughs> so I would go outside and photograph them, and sometimes inside. You would just like leave leave the counter from Starbucks and be like, "I love it." And you're so friendly and likable. I'm sure people were probably like, "Okay, let's do it." Oh, thank you. I think it's because well, what really helped me was Starbucks, like with the social skills, and that's one thing that I think is so so important for photographers is to have social skills. Is because if you don't know how to communicate and to be likable, it's hard to get clients. It's super hard already if you are likable and know how to communicate. So if you don't, if you're a little bit awkward and you know that, just develop your skill, like social skills. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I think it's learning to, you know, because it's easier than it sounds to, you know, if you're awkward to develop your social skills. But if you know what to say and you practice what to say. Exactly. Then it's so much easier to talk to people about what you do. Yeah. I remember Sue talking about when she was like walking on the beach and like repeating, I'm a photographer and this is my price, you know, like a, a crazy person. I did that so much. I did that at the gym. Like I was <laughs> repeating and exercising and saying, I'm a photographer. This is how much I charge. This is my price. And kept repeating, repeating, repeating. And in the beginning, it's super hard because you kind of stumble, especially when you're saying your price. But it needs to come so naturally. But you being as likable and just kind as you are, 
I think that has every reason to do, well, at least initially, why you started as Sue's intern. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you ended up meeting Sue and how that process happened? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this is like a story that not a lot of people know. So after setting up my room and everything, I was following Sue everywhere I could. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and then everywhere. And I started to be part of the group, of her group on Facebook. And I remember, oh my gosh, Sue Bryce just liked a picture. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's awesome though. When someone you look up to likes your stuff, it's like nice, you know. And I was like, okay, keep it cool, keep it cool. She's just saying that she liked your picture. <laughs> you don't need to, to go crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but inside I was like screaming, screaming, you know. So she announced that she was going to do three workshops, one in LA, one in New York, and one in Paris. That was 2015. The workshop was going to be in 2016. So I was like, oh my gosh, she doesn't do a lot of workshops and I need to get to that. No. So just as a side note, real quick, a plug. You had mentioned before that you had gotten Sue's 28 Days. And for people out there who want to learn from Sue, Sue Bryce education is definitely the way to go. It's because 28 Days was shot in like 2004, I think it was 2013. And now Sue Bryce education is like, the more comprehensive, way more updated, better, like there's a thousand videos. I mean, it's just, oh, yeah. we're way cheaper. So mm-hmm. just just a side note there. If I had Subrice Education when I first started, oh my gosh, it would be so much easier. <laughs> because it's like 35 bucks a month, you know, and, and it has so much, so much, like every detail of everything you think that you will need, you have that. Yeah, for, for sure. For photography business and por- portrait studios, you know. Okay, sorry. I totally digress there. I just, you know, if someone's out there like wondering what education to get. Okay, so the workshop then. You decided you were going to go. So, yeah. So then she announced. Yeah. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to find a way to go to this workshop. I want to um, learn and meet her, of course, because I was like, I learned so much already online. Can you imagine like live in front of her person? I was so excited. That's another thing that happened. I got in debt. I went to PayPal. (laughs) (laughs) I went to PayPal. Well, more in debt than I was already. And PayPal was doing that credit something that you could apply for a credit card. And I I got it. (laughs) So I paid the whole workshop with my PayPal credit card. And I took like probably a year to pay that workshop. (laughs) But at least I got my spot there. And New York was closer to me, so I decided to go to New York. And that's when we first met like face-to-face. Yeah. So I decided to, to get in a little bit of debt, but it was so worthy. It was worth the sacrifice, you know, because I was like, I don't know how, when she's going to do another workshop like this. And it was like a personal workshop with, I think it was, you were there, it was like 20 people. I was. Yeah. 20 students or something like that. And all the mentors were there. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to meet everybody and learn from everyone. So it was super cool. So I went to New York. And before I went, I want to kind of say this to everybody that what, you know, I really believe that when you set a goal and you write it down or you have a mood board or you have something that you want to achieve in your life. Something to help you remember every day. Mm -hmm. So I had post notes. My room was full of post notes everywhere. (laughs) And one of the post notes, I still have it. It was, meet Sue Bryce, become her friend, work with her. (laughs) 
And look at that. <laughs> now you're one of the most important people in her life. I know. I love this story. And then when I, first, I went to the workshop, I think that became reality. Like something clicked during the workshop. Then I was like, I felt very comfortable with everybody there. I remember meeting Caitlin for the first time and I was like, oh, okay, so we're going to work together. <laughs> Isn't it crazy? Caitlin, if you're listening, I really thought that. Okay. But the, my point is like whenever I have some idea or some goal that I want to achieve, I really believe we can attract if we focus on that. And mm -hmm. for me, writing it down helps a lot. So now I have a whole list of things that I want to achieve. Nice. Oh, I'm like, hmm, we'll have to talk later about what you're going <laughs> <laughs> so to So after the workshop, it was fun because I loved it. And I was like, oh, now it's over, right? Yeah. So remember that Sue has this list of waiting list of people to being photographed by her. <laughs> Well, this is a long list, like four or five years long. I know, she, does, she can't even take more people on it now. It's just so long. I know, I know, exactly. But I was in that list. I'm still there. Well, now <laughs> I was photographed for her. <laughs> but I remember after a week of the, of the workshop, I was like, I'm going to message Caitlin and I'm going to ask about how can I be photographed if, you know, the waiting list thing. Because I wanted to try to reconnect with them somehow to create some connection again because we just met, right? Right. So I messaged Caitlin and emailed her and then she emailed me back very quickly and she was like, hey, we were just talking about you. Sue was wondering if you want to come to the studio for a week and assist and learn. And I was like, yes, of course. When? So we, then we started to set wait, up a wait, date. Wait, wait, wait. How excited were you? <laughs> You're like... I was like... It was super like out of the world <laughs> experience because I was trying to spend a little more time with them and learn more. And then she invited me to go to the studio for a week and to assist. So that would be like, oh my gosh, of course I'm going to go. Yeah. But remember, I was teaching full time and I was still working at Starbucks. Right. <laughs> so... Caitlin was like, okay, when is more convenient for you? And I was like, well, because I'm teaching, I need to go whenever the school is not opened. So everything that would work for us would be the, you know, the weekend of 4th of July, right? So this was like this. In The workshop was in February. In March, we started talking about when could I go come to LA to assist for a week and to learn, right? And then we set it up everything for july so i was fine because i was like okay i'm gonna be one i'm gonna go to sue's studio for a week in july and i'm gonna learn so then i started to be a little bit more cautious with my workshop my my work in photography so i was like okay if i go there my photoshop needs to be amazing <laughs> <laughs> that like it totally motivates you like i gotta be good when i get there sort of thing yeah yes i need to impress so that's how everything started to kind of like grow for me okay because it was like a big push and then christina hauser which i was like online friends with christina hauser in for a period of time because I was following all the photographers I could, you know. And we became friends and we met before at one of uh, Felix's uh, workshop. 
And then she messaged me, Christina Hauser messaged me saying, hey, my sister lives in Charlotte and I'm going to be there for a week or so. Uh, let's hang out. And then I was like, oh my gosh, she's coming here. I need to photograph her with her sister, maybe her yeah, mom. Yeah, <laughs> that's smart. Yeah. You know, like mm -hmm. when you're you are so hungry, you know, like to photograph people and especially people that really mean something to you, people that are dear to you. And then she was like, yes, I'm, I'm going to be there. And my mom and we we're gonna hang out and then she was like oh i would love that because i don't have a lot of pictures with my mom and my sister and we're gonna be all together with the kids too so me and my little room <laughs> became the studio <laughs> that's awesome i love it yeah so christina hauser actually saw my little my original little studio at home yep and then something else happened because christina told me that she was workshop in Paris I was like oh my gosh that would be a dream so in my head I was like okay so if Christina is going to Paris and going to talk to Sue there is a possibility that Sue is going to see these pictures that I'm taking of her so and then I was like these pictures need to be amazing <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like my Photoshop needs to be so good that Sue will be like oh I'm going to hire him <laughs> Which is funny because ultimately her assistance is not about how good your Photoshop is. Like you just have to be a really good fit with the team, you know? I know, I know. But in my head, I was like, I need to somehow impress Sue because that's, I don't know. In my head, I was like, I need to become some kind of like a professional standard mm -hmm. so she can maybe think about having me work for her or something like that. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know if I ever told her that. But that happened. So Christina went to Paris workshop and Sue talked about me because I went to the first workshop in New York. So Christina, she explained everything and she told me, yeah, we were just photographed by him. Here are the pictures. They're so beautiful, blah, blah, blah. And then Sue liked. And I was like, oh. And Christina was texting me. It was so funny. I love Christina it. Christina was texting me like, Sue liked your pictures. <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> and I was like, yes, yes, yes. But also, look how interesting is this. In Paris, Sue decided to kind of grow the SBE, start to develop more of the Subrice education. And she started to make plans to record videos and teaching classes. Like, if you go to the website now, Subrice Education, you will see the early classes when she used to shoot in her living room, in her home studio, right? Yeah. So, she was doing that at that time, in 2016. So, Sue messaged me saying like, hey, I'm going to be busy in May. Remember, I met her in February, and I was going to go to LA in July. In May, she messaged me. And I remember I was at the gym. I got a Facebook message from Sue Bryce. <laughs> and she was like, would you be able to come in May and help me? And I was like, I just sat down. <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and then I said, yes, for how long? Because I'm working. Because I was, I was teaching, right? right. And it, May is like the end of the school year. So we are preparing for recitals. All the kids are like practicing a lot. And I cannot just leave. And your income still was that. Like you, you weren't making a whole lot from photography yet. No, yeah. no, no, okay, no. No. no, photography was like a bare, bare minimum. It was like just like I wasn't making money. Okay. I was rarely making money because I was like still studying and developing. 
And yes, I charged some people, but it would be like 200 bucks. The most that I got, I think, was 600 bucks. And it was a wedding. Yeah. Oh, gosh. gosh. Don't even go there. <laughs> <laughs> so when she messaged me, I was like, okay, you better be very serious because I really want to go there. So she, I, I asked her, for how long do you need me? And she was like, well, as long as you can. And then I was like, oh, my gosh. And then I messaged her, please be very serious because I always wanted to move to California. And if you give me a job there, I'm going to quit my job here today. And that's exactly what the conversation went. We talked. And of course, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm getting a job. No, it was as she always tells, business is business, friendship is friendship, you know, teacher and, and student relationship. There's nothing... Everything is very, very clear. Don't let everything, like, your fantasy <laughs> right. get in your head. Right. So everything was, like, plain and clear. So we talked about everything, how it would work. And at the end, we decided, okay, let's do a, a test, kind of like an internship for three months. And after 90 days, we'll see if we keep going or not. So that day, I quitted my job. I gave my two weeks notice at the music school. And then two weeks later, I was in L.A. I had a friend, and we did a cross-country trip from Charlotte, North Carolina to Los Angeles. Nice. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. So that's how it started. And I remember, like, I got here in L.A., and Alice from Paris got here, too. So we both were doing the internship. I remember how... Um, I remember Sue posted my face and Alice's face. <laughs> she was like, these are my new interns. and yeah. They're going to be here for the summer. And I'm still here. <laughs> <laughs> and you never left. <laughs> I know. I was like, nope, I'm not leaving. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay, yeah. but let's be clear, though. Like you said, it's not like you were making the big bucks now as an assistant. I mean, assistants get paid assistant oh, no. pay. So you still had to build your business mm -hmm. at this point. Yes, yes, yes. So basically, when I came, and our, uh, Sue became my like everyday mentor, right? Like Just like she is to everybody, but I'm fortunate enough, and I am so honored and... I think it's a huge, huge blessing from the sky that I have the mentorship every day. Like what you guys have online on the SBE website, that's my everyday life. And it's a dream. Like I really value that a lot and I do not take it for granted. Every day I go to, when I go to the studio, I realize, gosh, this is just incredible and I love it. So when I first moved here, we started working on the videos and I started learning. And then, of course, Sue always pushed us as everybody else. So she told me, like, you need to start networking. You need to start doing photo shoots. You need to practice and develop your own business. Like, create your name. Develop your name. Mm -hmm. Because you can use my name to learn and to start your things but you need to build your name and your business too. You know yeah, what I mean? Because she's not going to do that for you. That's the, that's the one thing. Exactly. That, yeah. Like she, you might be mentored by her, and and you know, Alice and I actually talked about this in her episode, and you know, same with me with Sue being one of my best friends. It's not like she's teaching me anything that she's not teaching the audience. I mean, if you follow and watch her stuff, she is like 
a complete open book. She saves nothing, I mean, other than like very personal, private things. But as far as teaching students, what she's going to teach me and what we're going to is going to be just like what she's teaching everyone else. And bottom line is you have to do the work. I mean, she will do the best she can to empower you, but she's not going to like go get clients for you and do it for you. Like she's like, hell no, this is your business. This is what you need to do for yourself sort of thing, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then I started like with that. Remember, I was brand new in LA and LA is like super huge (laughs) and I didn't know a lot of people. So everybody I knew were only the people that were working with Sue, basically, in LA. Right. At the gym, I started to kind of meet people and then I started to go to church. I go to a mosaic church here in LA. This is a very, very special church because I felt like when I went there for the first time, I was in awe of so many beautiful people that go to that church. <laughs> but it's because, you know, you are in LA where all the movies, models, actors right, are. Right, right, right. Totally. Everybody's trying to live their dream. So there's a lot of beautiful people here. And that church is like in Hollywood. <laughs> so I was in like in an ocean of dreamy people that I wanted to <laughs> photograph. Right. <laughs> so that's when I like I started to go every week and started to go to small groups and talking to people and saying, like, hey, I'm a photographer. I have a studio here and I would love to photograph you, blah, blah, blah. And now some of the people that I met at that time when I first moved to L.A., you see at SBEs. Really? <laughs> because they became models. Yes. Oh, right. Because you brought them onto a model. That's so funny. Like at Portrait Masters and stuff? Or like just... Oh, on the education websites too, right? Both, both. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm not going to tell their names. <laughs> but we're all like, no, it's funny because, no, I can, of course I can tell them their names. One of them is T. Oh, that's how you met T. Nice. She was the receptionist at church. Yeah. And then there are other girls that I met there and then that Sue ended up photographing them. I photographed them. And then they became models for the videos. And some of them came to the portrait masters and became models for everybody that was in the conference which is so cool because you see how everything is kind of like falling in place and everybody's helping each other and everybody's growing i love that i love that so because of the network i started to you know build my own thing and then trying to photograph more people with the new skills that i was learning straight from sue you know Mm -hmm. so let me tell you one thing. When you see the videos, <laughs> when Sue is being very strong and telling you exactly what to do on the videos, now imagine that straight to your face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. She, I feel like she's probably harder on you. Oh, she said that she is. And I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, her expectations for you are high. And from what I do know, you you weren't building your business at first. Yes, you were building your portfolio. and But as far as booking clients and, yep. you know, getting out there to make money, you weren't doing that at first, were no, you? No, no. In the beginning, no. Because I was like, okay, so I need to upgrade my portfolio. And I wanted to be like in the same level as Sue because in my head I was like, okay, if I am her assistant, that means that I need to be in a very good level for her to call me as her assistant. So if people go to my website or my Instagram and see my photos and then relate to her, my photos need to be in a very good level. Does that make sense? Yes, 
Totally. Because in my head, I was like, okay, if I have a, let's say, a music student, and I say that that music student is my intern, that means that that music student is one of the best, <laughs> you know what I mean? Of yep, yep. learning and growing and assisting and everything. So in my head, I had to develop. I didn't have any other option. And of course, because her platform is big among photographers, all the photographers that were watching her started to watch me. So I know I shouldn't take it as a pressure, <laughs> but I started to feel the pressure because I was like, oh my mm -hmm. gosh, if I post a picture that is not good, people are going to be like, uh, can I get that job? <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny because I still have people that sometimes they message me. Every time I go to the Portrait Masters conference, every year somebody asks me like, So are you done with your internship? Can I apply for it? <laughs> right. right. You're like, no, I'm not done. Yeah, I'm like, nope, I'm <laughs> staying there. <laughs> But do you think, though, that that kind of inhibited you a little bit from... Like, just, just for a period of time, just for a little bit. Because, you know, like everything is a, like Sue teaches, teaches and it's true in life. Everything is about your mindset. Yeah. And my mindset was, okay... This pressure is the real thing. I need to fill this up, blah, blah, blah. But, of course, having conversations with Sue helped me a lot to see it's not about that. It's about me growing myself and learning and developing my own business. Then my mind started to shift. Why? Because I was trying to hide from her something. I was a lot in debt, in credit card debt. Ah. Yeah. Yes. So because of that, I had a little bit of a block, <laughs> not a little, a lot of block, <laughs> money. <laughs> It was a huge block. Mm -hmm. Money and self-esteem and shame, right? So like Sue always teaches us, shame has something to do with self-esteem and it's something that you're, you need to work on. It. It's, it's not something that you're going to just pass through it. You need to work on it. Yeah. So I started to notice that my debt was influencing me to not look for clients. For some reason, I don't know how to explain that, but it's true. I was like embarrassed to talk to people and embarrassed to try to achieve things because I knew in the back of my head, I was like, oh my gosh, if I try to pursue this, I won't have time to work and I don't have time to make money to pay this debt. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because you start to think, I don't know, you start to think little and you kind of start to kill your dreams unintentionally. Like it's totally a trick that your mind gives to you, I think. I don't know. It's so true. Because I, I was there too. I was in debt forever. Uh -huh. And, you know, until a couple of years ago. Isn't it crazy when you're in, in like down in debt, you feel like you cannot do anything? Oh, yeah, totally. Although you can. It's just you need to shift your mind, but it kind of kills your motivation. And all you think is just any job. So I was like, okay, if this doesn't work, I'm just going to go back to Starbucks. And I'm like, what's happening? I have the most, <laughs> the huge opportunity in my life right now, and I cannot pass this. I need to work, and I need to develop, and then need to listen to what she's saying to me and just go for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So slowly, I had to start working in developing my prices, upgrading my portfolio, my website, Instagram, and trying to be better, but also practicing to say that I was a portrait photographer and these are my prices. Mm -hmm. 
That was the hardest thing for me. I'm a portrait photographer. These are my prices. Now I can say it, and I, if you ask me, I can tell you my prices, but it's so interesting to go to look back and see how that wouldn't come out of my mouth. Like my prices wouldn't come out. <laughs> Isn't that funny? I remember being the same, same way. Yeah. It's so interesting. Like Sue said, for example, if you go to a store and try 10 dresses, right? Maybe you can buy, but you're not going to buy all the dresses. So it's okay. The girl that is selling the dresses, she's not going to be crying because you didn't buy all the dresses. Right, right. <laughs> you know, so the same, same thing for us. Like if somebody said, no, you're too expensive, it's okay. Somebody will say yes and somebody will hire you. You just need to keep going. It's very interesting how our minds play this trick. And then we fall a lot of times for, because of that. Oh, yeah. So then when you, you said you changed your pricing and everything and started to feel more comfortable with it, w did you follow, you know, packages or a la carte or how did you, what did you do then? L listen, I follow Sue, whatever she does, whatever she tells me to do. <laughs> not, <laughs> not because I don't have ideas, not because of that, but... I follow because I know it works. She proved that works. Yes. Other thousands and thousands of photographers already proved that works. So I'm like, why am I going to change that? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, that's such a good point. Real quick, that's such a good point because why recreate the wheel? Exactly. I was the same. I here I was, I, when I decided I want to be a photographer, I didn't know who Sue was. I didn't know anything about it. I had no idea how to run a business, none. So here I was like fumbling my way through all of it, it totally in debt, not making, I mean, just like, how am I ever going to survive charging what I'm charging and just working just... It was so hard. And then as soon as I realized, okay, there's this business model out there that I can use that's already been created for me. I just need to follow it. It just made so much sense to just, you know, not break my back mm -hmm. what I was doing or try to come up with something new. I mean, in any new profession or new passion that you have, why not see what's out there first as opposed, you know? Yeah. So then the business model was already done. Like I was going to copy everything and follow everything Sue told me to do and everything that she teaches. The only difference, of course, would be my pictures. But that's one thing that I think people need to understand. It's not that you're copying her style in everything. Like I see some people doing extremely look-alike pictures. Okay? Mm -hmm. Right, right. <laughs> it's not that. What I'm talking about is copy the business program, the business style, and then you add your style on the photos, right? Right. So you have your own style. The photos look like you, but the business model is the one that Sue teaches, and that is the one that is working. Right. So I was going to be like, okay, so I'm going to just follow. And my goal was to get to the standard prices. Mm -hmm. Industry standard, yep. Yeah. Yeah. So, because my price were not there. Like, I think the first package is six photos for $1,200, right? For me, my biggest package was $900. So, I was like, okay, I need to raise my price. And I just need to be willing to accept a lot of no's and a lot of, oh, you're too expensive. Mm -hmm. And I'm not paying for that. And I, in my head, I was like, okay, that's okay. That's okay. Somebody will say yes. That's okay. Keep offering. Keep saying your prices. Somebody will pay. Mm -hmm. So that was my goal. 
And then I just started doing, you know, like the PDF, the shoot PDF, whenever somebody would email me and ask for information about prices and about a photo shoot. I had my PDF ready to go with my prices. In the beginning, I wouldn't even say, like, here are my prices, just read the PDF. I would just say, here's my PDF with more information for you. <laughs> yep, totally, totally. <laughs> I know, because I was like, I cannot talk about prices right now. Yeah, so I started to be more confident with my pricing. Like, for example, right now I have no shame or I'm not afraid to say my prices whenever people ask. I will say if they email or ask on Instagram, I will just say and then send my PDF magazine with price info. That's the most thing that was liberating for me is now I can say this is my price info or price list or this is what I charge, something like that. That helped me a lot to gain confidence and just to see that this is a normal thing that businesses do. You know, like any business. Right. <laughs> If you go to a website and you want to buy something, you see the price there. Why not about photography? <laughs> <laughs> right. So on my website, I don't have the full list, the price list, but I do have like, okay, my packages start at this price or my booking is 350, includes a photo shoot for two people and a photo shoot. And then... I think I, I lost that, you know, that feeling that you're like, oh my gosh, I should not say this because somebody else will see and somebody mm -hmm. not, is not going to hire me because of that. I really don't care about that right now. But it's not in a, in a bad way. I really don't care. You know what I mean? It's, it's not like, I'm not afraid of it. Exactly. Yep, I know exactly what you mean. And I feel like it was as soon as I made that transition energetic-wise. Like, some people are going to book me, some people aren't, and that's yeah. totally fine. I started booking more. It was like that desperation and the neediness. And even though they might not have known they were feeling it from me, mm -hmm. they were feeling it, and it was like repelling them. You know, as soon as I stopped caring if they said yes or no, it was like I started getting bookings. Yeah, <laughs> and it's funny because you can tell when people are a little bit kind of nervous about pricing when you ask them what what is your price or how much does this cost and if they are afraid you feel in exactly that kind of there's no confidence you lose that the person doesn't have confidence totally so when you start saying your price and when you feel like you're okay if they say no that boosts your confidence so much It's crazy. It's like another mind trick <laughs> mm -hmm. that I'm using now. It's funny because now when I ask people, I'm not talking about photography, like in general, if I ask something like, oh, how much is this? How much do you charge for this? If I see the person hesitating, I know I can pay whatever I want. <laughs> you know what? It's so sad, but it's so Isn't it true. It's so true. I remember buying frames from this. They were like custom frames from this frame store. And I was prepared to spend quite a bit of money on these frames. And I knew what they cost, and I saw the price tag. Like I, I knew, you know. And she discounted. I was ready to pull out my debit card and give it to her. Yep. And the next thing I know, she's telling me she's giving me 30% off. And I almost said, like, no, you don't need to. But I'm like, all right, well, sweet. I didn't want to pay that much anyway. But yeah. And I remember thinking, like, this woman, I, we got to have a talk. I know. It's crazy. Yeah. You can do that everywhere in your life. <laughs> Yeah, and I used to do it. I used to discount too, even though, because I was nervous. Yeah, but remember how Sue says, like, whenever you present the price, the next person that talks is the one buying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? So, like, if we keep talking, we're going to start giving discounts. Yep. 
<laughs> and it's so interesting. How are you going to pay for that and shut up? Like exactly, exactly. exactly. Yeah. So that's when I started to practice that a lot of saying my prices, posting a little bit of my price, not everything, but like at least giving them a base of where my prices start and start sending my PDFs with my whole price list, including like, I have no shame. Whoever emails me asking for information, I send a PDF because if it gives me a peace of mind, they know what I'm doing. They know how much it costs. So it's up to them to say yes or no. <laughs> Yeah, you know? exactly. And that's how I started to get businesses and started actually starting to make money and started to pay my debt. <laughs> Do you mind if, if this is too personal, don't feel like you have to answer, but where are you at now with your debt? Well, so I had a lot for me, right? I was, I had, I think I had like five uh, credit cards. Oh, and wow, yeah. total together, I think was about 25000 in debt. And I was always like paying the minimum, transferring from one to the other, paying with the other, you know. Mm -hmm. So I had a very, <laughs> and Sue told everybody already about this, and I have, I'm not, a, <laughs> I have no shame about it. We had a very serious conversation about debt and shame and how I was doing in my life and personal life and everything, because everything is connected in your personal life, in your business life. If you have shame somewhere, one will affect the other one. Totally. Somehow, you know. So then I started paying and it took me about a year. Every time I would pay off a credit card, I started with the small ones. Like like David Ramsey, I think he teaches that. Yep, Dave Ramsey, yep. Right, yep. to, to pay the, the, the smallest one first and then go to the next and next. And Correct. Next. So every time I would finish a credit card, I would cut... <laughs> and in front of Sue, I would take a picture and send to my dad. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I wish I could send him to my dad, too. My dad passed away, but he was this. oh, I wish I could send my zero debt to my I dad, I know, too. because my dad would always tell me, do not be in debt, don't, Same, don't get yes. credit cards, blah, blah, blah. You know, and that's another thing that I think I was kind of used to having my in the back of my mind. I would... I always think, okay, if I have a trouble, I will just reach out to my dad and he will help me. And it's not because my dad is rich. He's not at all. They're missionaries. <laughs> my dad is a pastor in Brazil, okay? So right, there's no money right. there. But he's a very wise and he knows how to save money. So he has, he has some relief. <laughs> so he, sometimes he can help me and my two sisters. And I, I was used to that. You know, like whenever I had trouble, I would say, Dad, can I borrow some money? And I would pay one day sometime. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. But I stopped that. So right now I am totally independent. That's so <laughs> awesome. I have two credit cards that I keep because they give me miles to travel. Ah, uh, yeah, so, same. I have my Delta. Yep, yep. Exactly. Delta and I have an another one that I can go to Brazil too. So I do have debt, but it's not like a huge amount of that is like a payable amount that I try to keep in mind that I need to zero out. I'm not right now. I'm not totally zero. I think because of this whole crisis, I kind of got a little bit of <laughs> for some desperation. I don't know why this mm -hmm. past year I started to spend like just to feel like I was in control. But of course, it's falling in the same trap. You're not in control if you start spending money that you don't have. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not back to where I was. 
Oh, so don't get there. That's very oh, good. I'm like, go pay that credit card as soon as we're done with it. I this. know, I know. Because the credit card's going to be there for you to use if you need it. We are paying it on that interest for no reason. I know. It's horrible. It's horrible. Yeah. It's a trap that the banks do for you, you know? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm totally comfortable and good with it. I know I still have a lot to learn and to develop in terms of my finances, but I'm getting there and I'll get there. Maybe ask me that in another podcast next year, okay? <laughs> Then I'll be like, okay, I have these three companies and I'm zero debt. <laughs> I won't be surprised if, it, if that happens. <laughs> But how often are you shooting now? Well, I work with Sue from Monday to Thursdays at the studio. So we do like videos, production, whatever, the back end that nobody sees on the website, mm -hmm. all the retouching and stuff for her business. And then during the evenings, during the week, and during the weekends, whenever the studio is not being used, I can photograph and I can use. So, well, at this moment with this whole crisis, of course, we stopped. But um, let's say one photo shoot a week. Yeah. Okay. So like four a month. Yeah. Yeah. About that. For three to four a month. Okay. Yeah. What's your sales average at this point? Sales average is about 2,400. Oh, that's great. Yeah, it's very, very good. I'm, I'm very happy. It's in between my middle package and my top package. So my middle, the small package is 1,200. And then I go to 2,000 and then 3,000. But I'm right now kind of reorganizing my prices because I wanted to start offering kind of a digital package and a printing package. I don't know. I'm still developing this idea just because I, I'm in LA and I have a lot of people that are just looking for the digitals, you know? Mm -hmm. And whenever they ask that, I'm not reducing my price, but I'm just presenting in a way that makes them feel that is reduced. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, don't tell everybody. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. So like, for example, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually tell you this, okay? Okay. So I have digitals and the digitals plus prints. So I'm making them a little more expensive to look at. For example, my booking is $350. That's no pictures, just $350. You have hair makeup for two and a photo shoot. At the studio with a huge wardrobe, a lot of different backdrops and everything. The whole experience, 350, okay? And then I always say how much is one picture so they can calculate in their mind how much they're getting if they get a package. Right. So they can see the difference and see, oh, it's better to get a package because I pay less for each picture, right? So one photo is $300. And then three for $800, which would be $266 each photo. Right. right. And then five photos for $1,200, which means $250 each photo. Okay. So this is what my digital package that I'm presenting now. Okay. Then the people that ask, oh, you don't have to do prints. What about the folio box? I do do that, but it's if you buy 10 or more. So for example, 10 photos would be $2,000 which means $200 each photo. And they get the box, yeah. And the leather box, yes. From Graphy Studio, straight from Italy, very beautiful, very very expensive. Yeah, luxurious. Super cool. Mm -hmm. Luxurious, yes, exactly. And then 20 photos would be $3,000, which means that would be very reasonable because each photo is 150 
Does that make right? sense? Yeah, totally. Plus the leather box and plus enlargement of 17 by 22. Okay. And then my top, top, top is 30 pictures. This is when people say like, okay, I, I'm bringing my family and I want a lot of pictures. So I, I have that because I generally don't present more than 25, 20 to 25 photos. But if I know that they want to buy more, I'm going to present 30 photos. And then that package is 4,000. And each photo is 133 per piece, plus the leather box and two enlargements. So it's just to make, you know, have a, a big one and a small one, just so people can compare and find whatever they find more easy for them to pay. And that's it. I'm really like right now, I'm really not afraid to present this because I know some people say, oh, that's so expensive. I'll never do it. But there are some people that do. And excuse me, I'm sorry. There's so much money around this world. Have you seen what people buy and they post online? Oh, I know. Totally. <laughs> you know, totally. There's like, they're paying for a lot of things that they don't really need. Pictures and photos are needed for memory, for family, for legacy. So if you present your photos in a very beautiful way, and of course, with a price that you believe is worth I think you can sell. Absolutely. Of course. You just need to hustle, show to people and, and connect. And that's what I try to do with the internet. <laughs> yeah. You do a great job at it. Your your Instagram's really beautiful. Thank you. Yeah. Instagram is being a lot of help for me because it's a free advertising, basically. Mm -hmm. You know, free is, is my marketing company. <laughs> your Instagram story game is strong too. You and Sue did a video about your Instagram stories on the education site because yes. you do such a great job with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been watching how like the big companies do and how like, you know, the influencers do. Okay. This is my, my philosophy. If you are online and you have this available tool to put your name into your face and your work there for free, why you're not doing it. Right, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So Instagram and Instagram stories, especially because stories only stay there for 24 hours. But if you post every day, at least five stories a day, you're going to keep showing up on people's feed, mm -hmm. like on the top, you know, mm -hmm. of the Instagram. And people are going to start seeing your name, your face, your profile every day, every day. What that means is they're going to be familiar and your name is going to be familiarized. And when the day that they need to make a decision, if they want a photographer, you are going to be the first one to come to their mind. Yeah, it's true. Does that make sense? For sure. Yep. So I try to do that, showing a little bit of personal life. Oh, sometimes I show a lot. <laughs> I love your stories. I'm always following your stories. <laughs> Thank you. And then I'm like, shit, I should be working out. Look at shirts and all those <laughs> muscles. <laughs> it's fun but one thing I stopped doing is <laughs> oh gosh I don't, shouldn't say this <laughs> I stopped posting a lot when I go out to the clubs <laughs> oh right yeah no, it's just yeah that's not for everyone clients exactly yeah. exactly it's always important to be careful what you post you know yeah it's not that I am afraid and ashamed about it it's just because it's also my business and I don't want people to be watching seeing me like you know maybe over drinking right <laughs> which I don't do <laughs> Oh, I and I do love to dance and everybody knows that but well if they want to dance with me they come with me <laughs> right yeah true true but yeah there is a line you know where you 
post some things and not, and you know, you're learning that just, you know. It's funny. It's funny because sometimes I go like, whenever people come to my Instagram and talk to me, like send messages or ask questions and stuff. And I go to their Instagram and then there's nothing to do with what they say. Yeah. It's so funny. Like even the title, sometimes they say portrait photographer, fine art. And then you go to the pictures, it's just like the cat, the dog, the little (laughs) kid running. (laughs) Totally. And I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) You're not posting your work. Or in the stories, it's just like complaining about everything in the world. And it's just like, I'm sorry. I'm totally against negativity. I know. If you want a positive feed, go to Jerson for sure. But you know, th- but it's so true. No one wants, to, you know, that. Yeah, exactly. The other day I saw this post and I posted on my story a little kid, because now we are going through a very universal crisis. Mm-hmm. But this little kid was saying, whatever you practice every day, you get good at it. Right? So if you practice complaining, you're going to get good at it. And some <laughs> people are getting there. <laughs> oh, you are not kidding. Exactly. If you practice being sad, you're going to get very good at it. If you pla- practice being happy or being peaceful, you're going to get good at mm-hmm. it. So you just need to choose what you want. Because whatever we do every day, that's be- that becomes your habit, you know. Such wise words. And it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you for that. Those words of wisdom. That wisdom. (laughs) Yeah, totally. And thank you for just telling everyone your story. You just gave away like some goods there, lots of info (laughs) that you shared with everyone. (laughs) Thank you. I know I wasn't sure how it was going to go with our interview if you would give some of the personal stuff, and you did. And I think people will enjoy listening to it. So thank you. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm telling you. The Subrice education, it changed me like Literally, not just business-wise. Like my life, my personal life, like mindset. It's very it's very strong and powerful. And I recommend to anybody because you're not just needing to be a photographer because you want to express yourself and be an artist. But there's a lot behind that. It's not just the photography. The photography, I would say, is probably like 10 or 20% of it. The rest is like business mind, your self-care, your mindset, everything that puts everything together. It's bigger than the actual photography. Yeah, you know, you're not alone in that, Jerson. There are so many people who, including myself, whose lives have been changed. And yeah. and it's just, it's all about, you know, doing the work and learning and making those energy shifts, those little shifts yes, that you make and yes. those steps that you take really end up making such a big impact in your life. And I'm just, I'm so proud of you. You've just, oh, thank you. Yeah, you've really come a long way and it's great. I love it. I love it too. Oh, and one more thing I wanted to mention too about your music is that in the portraitmasters.com store. Oh yeah. Yeah, you have your music there for sale that people can use for slideshows. Like I do a slideshow using Animoto for every single one of my clients and I love your music and I use it. And so just a little plug for you there about that. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. That was an interesting thing because I came from a musical background and when Sue told me, she was like, could you write a song for this video for me? And I was like, yeah. And it's funny because music for me is so easy. And I learned since I was a kid, I just go to the studio and record. And then she was like, 
you should record a, like songs and help people have different kind of music because she wanted to have something epic, something like movies, powerful, yeah, yeah, for videos and for to show photography in a different way, not just like you know the songs that we generally hear. Right. So I was like, okay, <laughs> and it, helped, it it was nice because since I'm in LA here now. It's easy to find the studio, and I have a friend that have his own studio, and we record everything there. And now there's music for kids photography. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I have two CDs now: the epic songs, and then kids photography, and then all of them are being sold at the Portrait Masters website. Awesome. And there's another one coming soon. <laughs> oh, good, sweet! I can't wait to hear about it. Okay, so. This next segment, I ask the same four questions to all of our guests. And number one is, what is something you can't live without when you're shooting? In terms of gear? Anything you want. Some people have said water. Some people said their camera. Some people <laughs> said a reflector or a hairdryer. You know, okay, what is so it? let's say one thing that helped me a lot was, you know, that belt, the spider holster. Yes, I love mine. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's so interesting. I'm so used to it. So I used to photograph and then leave the camera and then adjust something, move the backdrop or the light or something. And then I would always be running around, where's the camera? Yes, totally. <laughs> so now I have the belt that I can attach the camera and the camera is always hanging close to me. And it's just easy whenever it's you need to fix something very quick. Yeah, the spider holster. If you want to talk to me, let's talk. Yes, I love it. Okay, what about how do you spend your time when you aren't photographing? When I'm not shooting. Yeah. I try to exercise every day. Um, when I'm not shooting, I'm probably... I love to go to nature. So whenever I can, I do a bike ride on the beach here. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad that I have, I'm have. i very close to the beach here in L.A. And I love weekends to go out with my friends and go dancing. Yeah, <laughs> Awesome. You're so fun. You have such a fun life. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I am living, I'm literally living the best way I can because life is just one and we only have a certain amount of time and I'm going to take care of every minute that I can. <laughs> exactly. I love it. I'm, I'm the same. Okay, so what's your favorite inspirational quote? I have a lot of quotes and I believe in affirmations and quotes that help you through every day and I have like in the morning I have this list (laughs) it's crazy I sound like a crazy person but I do repeat my affirmations every day and mantras and stuff there is one that I heard this I think was an Oprah can you remember his name but it was a one guy that Oprah was interviewing and when he said this I was like oh my gosh that's exactly what I want so the quote is this I'm available to more good that I have ever experienced, realized, or imagined before in my life. Okay? Mm-hmm. So I try to repeat that. I'm available to more good that I have ever experienced. So mm-hmm. better than whatever happened in my life. I want more and I'm available for more. Oh, I love that. More than I realized, more than I imagined in my life. So I think that helps attract more goodness to our lives, you know? Yes. I, yes. I feel like that's, a, this is going to sound really cheesy, but I feel like that's the quote I've kind of been looking for. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, I've gone through a lot of mantras that I do every day, but I've, I've just say come and go. I don't stick with one, which, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I think is fine. I think as we grow and change and learn different mantras, but I feel like that's one that could I could really stick with. I'm so glad you brought that one up. I love that. 
So when I, yeah, it's funny because we don't really say that. Like, we don't say that we are available for goodness. Right. Like, generally, we tend to go to the negative. So I try to remind myself and to repeat and force myself to think about good. Yeah. I'm available for good. You know, I'm available for feeling better. I'm available to, I don't know, the best, the magic, everything that the universe can attract, can send to me, everything that God can bless yeah. me. I'm available yeah. for it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I remember. His name is Michael Beckwith. Yeah, he's he's a minister, and his church here in L.A. I actually went there one time. He's very, like, wise and gives very good advices for life and positive advices. And I try to follow positive people. I do not, like, if people start complaining and putting negative stuff, I unfollow or block or yeah, stop talking yeah. to them. No, I'm with you on that one. Okay, last question. Where can we find you online? Well, my website is gersonlopez.com, so G-E-R-S-O-N-L-O-P-E-S.com. And Instagram is the same, only you put the underscore before my name. So underscore, Gerson Lopez, underscore. Underscore goes before and after my name, just because there are some... Yeah, no, that's good to clarify for sure. And on Facebook too, but I'm generally most active on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. You have a lot of followers for sure, yeah. I'm trying this new thing now. Everybody that follows me, I send them a message. Like I literally write their name and send a message and start talking to them. And I think it's... That's another thing for you guys, if you want a, a little tip. Be very active on your direct messages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that helps a lot. And you start developing relationships, and who knows who, maybe you have your clients right there. Yep, it's so true. Yep, making one person feel special can really, not, it makes you feel good too, but, and it makes them feel good, but they could turn into a client. Absolutely. Yeah, trust me, I know it's work. Like, Instagram is not for fun right now. <laughs> it, I mean, it's fun, but it's also work, like... You need to be constantly talking to people and and answering and sending messages and interacting. But think about that. Would you rather do that or pay a company to do your advertising? Right, right. So if you have money to pay, go ahead. Very good point. (laughs) Yeah, thank you for saying that because it's true. Yeah. Well, Jerson, I always love chatting with you and you're just like... One of the coolest people I've ever met. You're like the perfect gentleman oh, in real you. life, truly. Always taking care of other people. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, we will talk soon and hang in there and hopefully things will go back to normal soon. Yes. Yes, they will. I know. All right. Bye, honey. We'll talk soon. Bye-bye. It was a pleasure to talk to you and to everybody that is listening. Thank you so much for listening today to the Portrait System Podcast. If you like what you heard, we would really love for you to leave us a five-star review, either on iTunes or wherever you're listening. And I really, really want to encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com. Over there, you can find all of the education you need to become a successful photographer. It's only $35, and there are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 12-week startup program that I love, and there are posing downloads, lighting downloads, I mean truly everything to help make you not only a better photographer, but to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.